Uh, we learned this song last week, uh, actually two weeks ago, but the screen wasn't working. So last week we, we sang it through the, the first time, and we're singing it again today. A thousand 
Well, it's great to be able to share with you again. You know, it's something I really look forward to. The Lord has just given me such a passion um, for preaching and for studying and teaching. And I guess that's why I became a pastor. But, um, you know, it was just something I was, I was thinking through uh, my, my past. And I remember in high school, I, the last thing I wanted to do was go into ministry. Right? And you hear that a lot, I guess, from people that are in. The last thing I wanted to do was go into ministry. I wanted to be a lawyer because I, I'm pretty good at arguing. Right? And I thought, I would make, and my wife can tell you, <laughs> I, I, would, I can make a pretty good lawyer. I thought, you know, I'd be pretty good. Because right? I think I prove my point just about every time. <laughs> she would probably not agree. But, um, but you know, one day the Lord just kind of hit me on the head and said, Tony, you're going into ministry. And I remember trying to kind of not listen to message. We had chapel. I went to a Christian school as well. And we had chapel once a week. And sometimes there would be uh, messages that were on, like, going into, going into ministry or becoming a missionary. And I was like, oh, I don't want to listen to this. You know? <laughs> like, I, I got to tune it out. Got to tune it out. And I would try so hard to ignore it. Until one day God said, this is what I have for you. And when God tells you to do something, you better listen. You better listen. I heard a story about a six-year-old boy who was kind of restlessly struggling to listen to a pastor's sermon one Sunday. And the sermon was going kind of long, and the boy's sitting in the pew, and he's kind of moving around like, this is, this is a long sermon. And, and once the sermon was done, and he's in the car with his dad, he looks at his dad, and he asks a question that most church kids, I believe, ask their parents at some point. And he says, Dad, what does the pastor do every other day of the week? What are you laughing about? <laughs> What, what does the pastor do every other day of the week? And the dad said, well, you know, he does a lot of stuff. He's involved in different ministries around the church. He handles church business. He studies the Bible. And then he has to rest, too, because you know what? Preaching in public is a difficult, it's a tough thing to do. The little boy looks at his dad and he says, yeah, well, listening ain't so easy either. <laughs> and sometimes, you know what? It's, it's not always easy to listen to a message, especially when the message is challenging to us. I know this series has been especially challenging to me, and I hope it's been that way to you. The idea of going back to basics. This morning, we're going to talk about our mission. What is our mission? If you looked in the, the little insert you were given uh, six, seven weeks ago, whenever that was in the bulletin, the title would have said, um, that you were made for a mission. And I changed it a little bit because I think it's time that we own our mission. That we realize what it is and we go full steam ahead. And you might be sitting there thinking, well, what, what is our mission? 
What, what is my mission? It's best explained in Matthew 28, 19. Here's what it says. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Our mission is to go and make followers of Jesus Christ. Now, now you might be sitting there thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute, Tony. You know, are you ready for this mission? Are you ready for what we are called to do as Christians? There is, no, there is no part here that says, okay, pastors, go and make disciples of all nations. Or missionaries, go and make disciples of all nations. This is for all of us. This is for all of us. This is our mission. This is our job as Christians. This is what we need to own up to and say, okay, it's time to tell people about Jesus Christ. It's time to make disciples for Jesus Christ. We started our growth group this past week. John and Amanda Lebo, they lead it. It was at their house. And uh, we're, we're going through David Platt's book, Radical. I don't know if you're familiar with the book, Radical. Um, but we're going through the, the DVD uh, small group series. And it is phenomenal. I tell you what, I was thinking about it all weekend. It was just so good and so deep. And one of the things that David Platt said was, are you really ready to follow Christ? Have you thought about the cost of following Christ? Oftentimes we think about the cost of not following Jesus, right? That we will never be with the Lord in heaven. But there's also a cost of following Jesus. It's not that you're able to accept him and go and sit on your hands and pretend like nothing matters. We are called to make disciples. So how do we go about making disciples? Well, in order for someone to be a disciple, they must first be saved. So let's start there. Let's start with our mission is evangelism. Well, what does that look like? I, I didn't sign up to be an evangelist. <laughs> you, you don't know me. I, I, I can't even speak in front of 10 people. And now you're telling me I have to be an evangelist? That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. And I hope it explains it. I explain it as I go farther on this morning. It was believed that uh, Francis of Assisi, even though it's a little debated, uh, said this, Preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. Preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. Now, I think this can sometimes be taken out of context to say that words are not important or that words are not useful, but they are. This is not what, what is being said here. And I would even change it up just a little bit to say, preach the gospel at all times and, and use words when the time is right. And use words when the time is right. Because Francis of Assisi is not saying here that, that words have no value. Or that there's no place for words because there is. There is a time and a place. But what he's saying here is that your actions speak louder than your words. And as Christians, the first thing of, of evangelism is people are going to look at you and say, wait a minute. Are, are you doing what you're saying? <laughs> are you acting like you're preaching? If I told you one day that I was going to cut out McDonald's for the rest of my life, and Sarah's laughing again, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I am going to cut out McDonald's for the rest of my life. And I'm going to go organic, 100% organic, right? And, and I was up here, and I was, listen, I'm going organic, and I believe it's the right thing to do, and you need to believe it too, because God has a plan for organic people. 
And the next day you're driving down 225 and you see my yellow Buick parked outside of McDonald's, you would think, well, what's going on here? Maybe Tony, Tony had a momentary lapse of judgment. <laughs> Maybe that Big Mac was just too irresistible. Another half hour for Big Mac, right? <laughs> and then the next day comes and you drive by and my yellow Buick's there again. And the next day it's there again. You would say, okay, wait, something's not adding up here. Why, why should I listen to this person who's, who's not practicing what they're preaching? Why would I trust them? Preach the gospel at all times. And when the time is right, use words. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Jesus. Words are important. We are not trying to minimize words here. But actions speak louder than words. I want to watch a short, short video clip. Skip. We'll come back to that after, John. It's going, man, what am I to look forward to at the end? I'm going to bring an illustration that this is like the first illustration I did. It was 20 years ago, but I can't think of a better way to, to explain it. Um, I actually didn't use a rope back then. I used a, remember, a, remember computer paper when uh, it was all stuck together? And then had the holes on the side that you had to peel off. Remember that? I remember getting a, a roll, and some of you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, which is crazy to me. But... Uh, because that was the best, you know, and, um, and it never worked right because they're rolling things, but, uh, but I, I had, I remember being a youth pastor, and I put uh, that computer paper all the way around the room, and, uh, but I'm going to use a rope now because I can't find that computer paper. Um, imagine this rope, okay, pretend this rope just goes on forever, okay, just imagination, pretend it goes around the world a few times, it doesn't, it ends at the rock, but, uh, Let's just imagine this thing goes on forever. Now imagine that this rope is a timeline of your existence. You just exist forever. You see this red part? This would represent your time on earth. You've got a few short years here on earth, and then you've got all of eternity somewhere else. This is, this is your existence. And what blows me away is some of you, all you think about is this red part. It's all you think about. You're consumed with this. You go, oh man, I can't wait till here. You know, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to save, save, save so I can really enjoy this part right here. <laughs> and you're consumed with that. And you're thinking, oh man, am I going to get to travel? Am I going to eat well? Am I going to do this during this part? And I'm like, are you kidding me? about this what about this what about th what about all this stuff it's just it's crazy to me because because the bible teaches that what i do during this little red part determines how i'm going to exist for millions and millions and millions of years forever and and so why would i spend this little red part trying to make myself as comfortable as possible enjoying myself as much as i can Paul says, look, I'm going to live my life for this mission. I'm going to spend my life, invest my life for this moment when I cross that finish line. 
See, I'm going to forget about all this stuff I could enjoy, and I'm not going to look around. I'm going to be like a runner just looking at that moment when I face God because when I face him, then I don't get this chance over again. We get one chance at this life on earth, and it can end at any second for any of us. We've got one chance at this, and then comes eternity. And I'm not going to be fooled. I'm not going to spend my life down here. See, people look at some of my decisions and go, oh, you're so stupid because that's going to really affect this. I go, no, you're stupid because it's going to affect all of this. Man, I, I, I'm serious. I, I look. I look at the way people live and I go, wow, that is so crazy. You are so crazy. You're going you're gonna to do that right now. Just enjoy right now. Not even knowing if you have tomorrow, and you think that's smart and that I'm dumb? It doesn't make any sense. Paul goes, I'm not going to look around at all this stuff. And it's tempting. It's tempting to all of us. That's what I'm saying. Down here, it's crazy because everyone lives that way. Everyone lives for the red part. No one's thinking about the millions of years afterwards. It's, it's, it's this crazy deception that we can't get out of our minds. And Paul goes, I'm not doing that. He goes, I keep my eyes on that. I keep my eyes on that finish line, and I'm going to forget what's behind me. I'm not looking around. I'm just going to, I'm straining. He goes, I'm straining forward. I'm like stretching forward for that mark. I'm going to pass this thing. I'm going to live this out, and I'm going to face him. I'm going to come before the judges, and he's going to hand me that trophy. He goes, I'm going to get it, and I haven't gotten there yet. He goes, but you better believe I'm using every muscle, exerting every bit about me because I'm going to pass that line well. Our actions speak louder than our words, amen. They do. They do. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine, and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They're headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. I want to look at verse 20, but we are citizens of heaven. Our actions speak louder than our words, and we are representing the kingdom of God. Now, if you turn on the TV today, you'll see that America is going through a little bit of what I call an identity crisis. A little bit of what I would call an identity crisis. From riots on the streets, to athletes kneeling during the national anthem, to, to other different things, and I'm not going to touch on those this morning. But many people are upset with a lot of that, saying it's unpatriotic. Well, let me tell you something. We are citizens, before citizens of the United States of America, you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. And how are you representing that kingdom? When we take uh, missions teams overseas, uh, Pam here with us this morning, she was on our one in 2013 uh, with Asbury United Methodist. We went to Bolivia. And one of the things I'll tell teams before we go is, hey, listen, people have this stereotype about Americans, this preconceived idea of how Americans are. Obnoxious, rude, arrogant, uh, me first. And the reason that it's there is because people have acted that way that have went to other countries. Look at the Olympics. Uh, of our swimmers that got sent home, right, and in trouble. Um, 
And I remember we landed in Santa Cruz, Bolivia, and we get off the plane, and I, I reminded our team, hey, guys, listen, we need to be quiet when we're going through the airport. Bolivians are quiet. It's respectful, respecting their customs, their culture. And we get inside, and, and our team was great. They were awesome. Um, and we get to our, the visa line where we're going to fill out the paperwork. And we're all standing there. We have all of our folders and everything with all of our documentation. And I present it to the guy. And these two guys come out of nowhere, and they say, hey, man, can we jump in front of you? We have an early morning tomorrow. You have a big line of people with you. And I said, sure. And they were two Americans. And they get to the visa line. They stand in front of this guy, and they start to talk. Well, the one guy didn't speak, the, the Bolivian guy didn't speak English, and these guys didn't speak Spanish. So they were, there was a little frustration. I thought, well, I can help. I speak Spanish. I jump in. I say, let me translate for you, and I begin to translate. And what had happened was these men were pilots who were contracted to fly a plane to Madrid, and their paperwork was wrong. So understandably so, they were a little frustrated but they didn't really think about how they were representing the United States of America. They were just frustrated. And it started to boil to the point where there were some words I was not going to translate. <laughs> I, I even actually told the one guy, I said, you got to calm down. All right, because it got out of control. They were swearing and cussing out the guy that was standing at customs. And the customs guy looks at him and says, I'm going to put you back on a plane and send you back to the United States of America. Is that what you want? And these guys, it all, they all figured it out hours later, but they were so angry. So angry. And for that man who was there witnessing it, that was then his view of Americans. All it takes is one person to change people's view. How are you representing the kingdom of Christ? How are you living your life as a citizen of heaven? I'm not saying you're not going to make mistakes. I mean, come on, we all make mistakes. I have made my share and I will continue to make my share. But are you living your life as a citizen of heaven, realizing that you are a citizen of the kingdom of God? The second point this morning is that evangelism must be spirit-led. It must be spirit-led. I think sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves, thinking that, that we are, there we go, that we are solely responsible Instead of taking it to God and saying, God, I need you to give me an opportunity to witness to someone. I remember growing up, my mom would ask, uh, and my dad, they would ask when we were little, is there anyone in your class that you know that doesn't know Jesus? And we'd say, well, well yeah. Have you told them about Jesus? That's, that's scary. <laughs> that's scary. No, well, here's what you need. You need to pray about him. Pray for him. Pray for them, and pray that God will give you the opportunity to witness to them, to invite them to church. And, and let me tell you something. If you pray that prayer, God is going to answer that prayer. If you say, Lord, there's this person in my life right now, and, and they, they don't know you, they need you, give me an opportunity to talk to them about you, God will answer that prayer. They might not come and say, oh man, I've been waiting for someone to tell me about Jesus, but God's going to give you that opportunity. We have another short video we're going to watch.
hear me? This is Edwards! What do you want? This is Edwards. I know I ask you this like every week, but would you like to ride the church with me? Oh, come on, Mrs. Edwards, you'll like my church. We have some hot music. It may not be what you're bumping at all, but it's hot. We get down. What do you say, Mrs. Edwards? Oh, uh, I suppose. I've heard it said that 80% of first-time church visitors come because someone personally invited them. All people need to feel loved and wanted, and for some people, it just takes having someone offer to give them a ride to church. We have something great going on at this church. People's lives are being transformed by God's love. Your homework this week is to find at least one person who could use a little more of that love and invite them to come with you next week. Trust me, it's worth the extra effort. Mrs. Edwards, you want to listen to some music on the way? Go ahead, your choice. Okay, here we are. So there are a couple of things I love about that video. Um, number one is that it was totally, I don't know if you were surprised, but I was surprised about who turned the music off, right? You, you never know what to expect from people. And, and too many times I think we make excuses for why we don't witness, why we don't invite people to church, why we don't share the love of Jesus with other people. When you never know what God's doing in someone's heart. You never know how God is moving. You know, we, we aren't called to uh, shove the gospel down people's throat. We aren't called to tie somebody up, throw them in the back of our car, and bring them to church. If you do that, we'll tell you to take them back, untie them, and put them back where you found them. <laughs> but we are called to tell people about Jesus Christ. We're called to make disciples. And, and too many times, and I love what David Platt said, is that we have this idea of Christianity where it's all hunky-dory and you can just sit on your hands and everything's okay because you're saved and you don't have to worry about anything. You know, we have a whole world of lost people and how much are you concerned about it? Does your heart ache for those who will not be with God for the rest of eternity? Because it should. There are people who are literally dying every day who have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus never forced anyone to follow him. He gave them the opportunity. Remember the rich young ruler? And he tells Jesus, I've done this and I've done this. And, and Jesus, I, I've, I've done everything. And, and Jesus says, well, you're missing something. You need to sell all your possessions, give them to the poor, and follow me. And the man left because it wasn't what he could do. Jesus didn't say, okay, listen, well, sell half your stuff. Sell a quarter. No, no, just, just follow me. You know, I, I, I've... God has a plan. And we can accept it or leave it. But it's our job to tell people. It's our job to let the world know. Exodus chapter 4, verse 10. We find Moses is standing at the burning bush. And here's what he says. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, O oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. Many people believe Noah had a, a slur, a stutter, some, some speech problem. 
This is what the Lord says to Moses. Then the Lord asked Moses, Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? They hear or do not hear? They see or they do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, and I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what you say. There are this many excuses. This many because you know what? You might be afraid of speaking, but, but who gave you your mouth and your ability to speak? And I love this verse in Exodus chapter 4 because God says, listen, you're making it about you. It's never been about you. It's always been about me. I got it. Trust me. I'll give you the words to speak. I remember one time our doorbell rang in Bolivia and there are, there's a... In Cochabamba is the largest Mormon temple in all of South America. It's huge. It's beautiful. I have a huge golden angel on the top. And I opened the door, and it was a Mormon man from America who was on his missionary journey. And we talked for two hours about biblical things, standing at the door. Those were not my words. <laughs> I have trouble speaking for 30 minutes. But it was amazing how he would say, look at this. And all of a sudden, it was like, yeah, but, but you know what? The, the Bible says this. God will give you the words that he wants you to speak. And when the excuses come up, think of Exodus chapter 4, where, where God says to Moses, Moses, you don't have to be afraid. I've got you. I've got you. You don't think you can speak? I'll fix it. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. The heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. There are no excuses. My challenge to you today is that we remember that evangelism is not about us, but about what Jesus did. That it's not about our weaknesses because he was strong in our weaknesses. It's not about our excuses because there are no excuses. The video talked about your homework. Your homework this week is to invite someone to die. Here's your homework. To think of someone in your life that needs the gospel of Jesus Christ and to pray for them. And that God will open up an opportunity for you to invite them to church, to uh, talk with them about spiritual things. Because you never know how the Lord's going to work. You never know how the Lord's working in someone's heart before you get there. Just like when I opened the door with that Mormon man and we talked for, it felt like two hours. It might have been an hour, but it felt like two hours. And the Lord kept giving me the words to speak. It wasn't what I was doing. It had nothing to do with me. But it has everything to do with the Lord. Let's not make excuses for ourselves anymore. And realize that our actions speak louder than our words. How are you li living as a citizen of the kingdom of God?